The Oilers have won their 12th game in a row. Plus, the hats were flying, it seems like, everywhere last night. We get into the latest NHL action, as well as early rumors for the upcoming trade deadline. Plus, we've got a full weekend of games to preview and more all on today's Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin from Locked On Islanders. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. How are we doing, Gil? We are good. It's Friday. Uh, there's some snow outside. It's it's hockey weather. It is hockey weather. Um, seems like the Oilers got the memo that it is hockey weather. Uh, winning their 12th game in a row, uh, defeating the Kraken four to two. Um, you know, this is wow. We, I feel like we've talked about the Oilers a little bit, uh, for the last few weeks and, um, and deservedly so because this team was just a train wreck to begin the season. Um, you know, they get a new coach and I think, you know, this is, one situation where the coach firing has made a huge difference um, with this team's turnaround. They're now in a playoff spot. Yeah, they, they're now in a playoff spot. They are now climbing the standings, third place in the Pacific Division. And <clears throat> I think it tells you how bad of a start they got off to in the sense that, you know, they're still – a, a distant third behind Vancouver uh, creeping up on Vegas, but there was just too much talent on this team for them to be as bad as they were early on in the season. Yeah. And if you look at this 12 game win streak, um, you look at, you know, who's contributing and it's a lot of guys. They have six guys at um, a point per game or higher over the course of this 12 game win streak, which is pretty remarkable. Um, of course, your top two, um, easy to guess. Connor McDavid has 18 points in those 12 games. Leon Dreisaitl has 16 points in those 12 games. Yeah. And look, those guys are the stars. But if you're going to win 12 straight, you need the, the rest of the team to also be contributing. And they're getting that right now, as you mentioned. So, it, it, you know, it starts with your star players, but if you don't have the depth players contributing, you're not going to be that consistent. No, and I, I think that's what's happening here, right, is that the star players are getting consistent. Um, I think that they are getting, you know, better structure going, that they've sort of, you know, the defense, let's face it, has been the Achilles heel of this team for several years now. And I think they're getting a little better, but when you have that kind of offensive firepower, 
all you have to do is outscore the other team, even if your defense is bad, right? <laughs> and they finally have gotten that level of scoring that they've needed. Yeah, I, you know, the thing I always wonder, though, and I guess with the Oilers, it's been something we've been wondering for a long time. Is that sustainable in the playoffs? Can you try to win in the playoffs by outscoring your opponent, you know, five to four, six to five? Generally, it's not as easy to do that in the playoffs. It, it works better in the regular season, but let's see, you know, how the Oilers do down the stretch. And then if they make it into the postseason, it's looking more and more like they're going to be there. Yeah, and I think that is uh, something they're obviously working toward. And I don't think anybody really thought they were going to be out of it entirely. Um, that, you know, again, with this much talent, they were going to, you know, climb their way back into it. But to do so in a decisive manner. And, like, if you look at this, you know, most recent win against the Kraken, they were down in this game. So it's not just that, you know, they're dominating from from jump. They're finding ways to win in multiple different situations. Yeah, and that bodes well. That's good experience, you know, that you can call on later in the season. Like, okay, we've been there. We've done this before. We can go out and overcome this deficit and win this game. I, I think the Oilers are sort of learning a lot and banking a lot of points right now. They're going to need it because it's very tight in, in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference. But uh, very encouraging after such a deplorable start to the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they're also doing the little things that get you those wins, right? Because they're pretty remarkable on the face-off. There's only like a few of the guys that aren't as good at it. Um, and, of course, when you have like Dreisaitl in there, um, you know, at 57.8% in the face-off dot, like that's pretty good. Um, yeah, but that you know, gets you those opportunities. About, right. Everyone talks about the offense, but when you win face-offs, you create offensive opportunities. Or if it's in the defensive zone, you're diffusing an opportunity for the other team right off the draw. So, you know, those are the little things that that earn you wins that don't make headlines. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I, I think that, you know, obviously the Oilers are the team to watch right now. Um, just a, a little trivia question for you. Who is the last team to win against the Edmonton Oilers, Gil? The Philadelphia Flyers. No, it was the New York Islanders. <laughs> so. I thought you were asking me because it was your team. <laughs> no, I was asking you because it was your team. There you go. <laughs> Outthought uh, we'll myself there. <laughs> yeah. Um, We'll see uh, if anybody can bring this team down. In the meantime, a uh, lot of scoring last night in the NHL. We had three hat tricks um, by guys that you would absolutely expect to get hat tricks in a game. Uh, the, I think, you know, biggest one, uh, Austin Matthews from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, Matthews coming up with the Hattie and uh, a big win over Calgary, four to three. And look, the the Maple Leafs needed the win badly. They they're in a, a dogfight right now in a tough Atlantic division, and Matthews came up big time for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, the other two were David Pasternak and T.J. Oshie. And I think yeah, Oshie is has been sort of quietly having a, a real solid season here. And um, I think that 
it's really good to see from him. It it is. And, you know, Oshi, I I always liked the way he played the game and, and he's never the number one guy on his team necessarily, but he's always a vital part of the team's success. And, you know, when he gets going, that's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, so I think that is a good sign for them as well. Um, I think that, you know, David Pasternak, I mean, just doing pasta things there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what more can you say about pasta this year? He has been outstanding. And, you know, so many people were ready to not write off the Bruins, but say they weren't going to be elite anymore. They'd be good or very good, but not great. and pasta is one of the many big reasons why they are still near the top of the standings. Yeah. And that's his 16th career hat trick that he got. I mean, that, that is just phenomenal. Yeah. Not, not bad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Of course he is an NHL all-star wouldn't have it any other way. Um, You know, I think that as we get to this point in the season, you know, we mentioned the Oilers getting into a playoff spot. Um, You know, the you're looking at the overall league standings a little bit now. But, you know, I was asking the question, when do you start looking at the playoff standings, you know, from the wild card perspective? And then, you know, when do you really seriously start talking about the trade deadline and how that could affect the playoff standings and, uh, you know, heading into the home stretch of the season, which I can't believe, you know, we're just past halfway, but now's when you start talking about these things, right? Yeah. I always start talking about the trade deadline when the calendar flips. So after January 1st, then the trade deadline is roughly like eight weeks away, give or take. And that's when I really start focusing on it. And, you know, you sort of get a feel, you get past that halfway mark of the season, Who's a pretender? Who's a contender? We already know there's a handful of teams that are not making the playoffs. They're going to be sellers. And then you sort of figure out where everybody fits into that paradigm. So to me, that's New Year's. And as far as the the games in hand and the playoffs, to me, when you get sort of past the the all-star game, that's when I really start thinking about that. Right. Well, we're going to talk more about that, plus some early trade deadline rumors coming up next. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. And you can do that with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. They leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of Locked On NHL will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility in Indeed.com slash Locked On. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now and support LockedOn NHL by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet. You can go do some live same-game parlays. You could find bets in their new Explore tab or head over to the Parlay Hub where you can find the most popular parlays. You've got all that and more. And look, you've got the NFL. You've got college and pro basketball. And of course, hockey. You could check out the odds on your favorite team on FanDuel as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, Gil, uh, continuing our early trade deadline talk, you were talking about, like, when do you start seriously talking about these things? And when do you flip your standings to the wild card view and think about games in hand? And, you know, I think for me, it's it's pretty similar uh, right about the all-star break right after mm-hmm. it. That's when you you do that and you look at those games in hand and you're really seriously looking at, are you a contending team or not? And, you know, I think that you know, different teams are in different spots in their uh, development in terms of are they at the beginning of a rebuild? Are they in the middle of one? Are they a, a early contender, you know, that maybe will get a round or two into the playoffs? And or do they think they have what it takes to go all the way? And they're just missing that one last piece that they mm-hmm. think they can get at the trade deadline. And, you know, you start to bucket these teams right around then to see who are buyers and who are sellers. And um, I think that this year it is really interesting because I think that there are some teams that we may have thought have been sellers who will not be. And there are some teams that are going to end up being sellers who, um, you know, maybe we didn't think so. And then there are teams we always knew were going to be sellers and are going to be <laughs> the sellers here, but there are some um, interesting guys out there that are on expiring contracts and, um, we did hear uh, pretty recently, I believe it was yesterday or, or the day before, about Steven Stamkos, who was probably the most high-profile high uh, player on an expiring contract. Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough decision because, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a little bit of an older team. And, and right now the team is saying they're not going to trade Steven Stamkos. He's been sort of the face of the franchise for a while. So Julian Brisbois kind of trying to put that rumor to rest, although on paper, it may make sense for them to make that move if they're not planning on re-signing Stamkos. Right. And, you know, I think he's been such a cornerstone of that team for so many years that um, I think that both sides would probably say they have each other's first right of refusal here. Yeah. And so the decision not to trade him, I think makes perfect sense. Um, But that Stamkos should always have the right to walk. Like if, if it doesn't work out. And I do think that, you know, I don't know that this team is going to make a deep run in the playoffs, but I think that they're good enough 
that um, it's worth giving it another shot with him on the team. Yeah, and I think that's the route they're going to go. And it would not surprise me at all for him to sign an extension either late this season or over the offseason. But again, until the ink is dry, you never know what's going to happen in contract negotiations. Right. And there's a similar situation with Jake Gensel um, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, he's a top free agent in the coming off season. Uh, The Pens have said, no, we're not going to trade him. But uh, Pens are are not in good uh, straits right now overall. No, they they're one of those teams where what they do over the next few weeks is really going to determine what their approach is going to be. And, you know, when they added Carlson in the offseason, everyone was like, okay, the Penguins, they're they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be back. And yet the problem in my mind always was that while Eric Carlson is a great player, he didn't necessarily fix the things that the Penguins needed in their lineup. And so he strengthened one of their strengths, but didn't fix one of their weaknesses. So here they are kind of right where they were a year ago in the standings. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a tough situation for the Pens to decide what to do because they were supposed to like kind of hold it all together while Crosby and Malkin were still there. Right. But like at a certain point you have to let that go. And what is that point for Pittsburgh? I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, one of the you know guys that I think has been talked about a lot uh, in the early talk about the trade deadline is Elias Lindholm uh, from the Calgary Flames, and you know that team is just like the definition of the mushy middle here. Yep. And so it might behoove the Flames to really uh, sell and sell big. It, it may, and it, you know. Are they ready to do that? What message does that send to the fan base? I think that's sort of still uh, up in the air. But, you know, to me, they may may very well want to look at Lindholm. Uh, I I think you're also, you know, you got to figure, what are they going to do with Noah Hannafin? There's a lot of issues out there for the Flames. Mm -hmm. And again, how they do between now and let's say the next three, four weeks, maybe may make a big difference in their approach at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think so as well. And um, another name that has come up in trade conversation, which um, I think is somewhat surprising and not in a lot of ways, uh, mostly because he's not on an expiring contract this year. And that's Jacob Chikrin uh, for the Ottawa Senators. And Ottawa, as we've talked about on the show, is just in a little bit of a no man's land here with, you know, they expected to get significantly better this year. That has not come to fruition. He's got, you know, a big cap hit at 4.6 right now uh, for one more year. He's got a uh, modified no trade clause, uh, but so he is tradable. Um, It's just not to the 10 teams that he puts on his list. But uh, do you think that he's going to be a guy that moves? You know, call me crazy. It seems like Jacob Chikrin is on this list every year. He (laughs) he is just because he's one of those guys that he's not indispensable to your team, but he is the kind of guy that can give your team a little bit of a jump if you acquire him for the short term. 
Uh, look, the Senators should be sellers. I, I don't think anybody has any illusions about that. It makes sense for them to deal Chikrin. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised at all if they go that route. Yeah, I think that um, I know like Ottawa is just trying to get it um, together in terms of new management. You know, there, there's all this been of all this upheaval as the team got sold and and all of that. So I think that there's, um, you know, some some real conversations to be had there. And, you know, we'll see what they ultimately decide to do. Um, I, you know. I think that, you know, we talked about the Oilers in the first segment. They could be a team trading for that final piece to get them over the threshold in the playoffs. And a name that came up was, you say Soros from yeah. the Nashville Predators, which is absolutely bonkers to me because, I mean, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine the Preds trading away Saros right now. He he is sort of the cornerstone of that team in so many ways. Uh, and, and yet, you know, if somebody bowls over Barry Trotz with an offer, could he turn it down? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, will be interesting to see. But, uh, you know, as we get closer to the All-Star break starting next week, which uh, we're going to talk about, then um, that will be something to watch as we get closer to the March 8th trade deadline. Uh, in the meantime, we got a full slate of games this weekend to talk about, and we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone I love got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. And this is stuff that could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel for sports on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including this very show. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. Uh, another big weekend ahead in the NHL uh, to talk about. And there are four games on the slate tonight. Um, I want to jump ahead a little bit to your New York Islanders who are facing the Chicago Blackhawks. And Islanders could use a win, right? Oh, boy. Can they ever. Uh, they're on a four-game road trip. They're 0-3. 
just not playing good hockey. You know, the scary statistic from Islander fans' perspective, the Islanders have given up more shots on goal per game than any team in the league that doesn't play in San Jose. So, <laughs> you know, that's not something if, – if I would have told you that before the season started, I don't think anyone would have expected that. Uh, they need a win tonight if they're going to stay in the playoff hunt. They're falling down in the very close Metropolitan Division standings. The Blackhawks have so many of their best players injured. This is almost a must win for the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Another interesting game is the Detroit Red Wings at the Carolina Hurricanes. And, you know, Carolina has been on a tear. They did lose their most recent game, but they are 7-2-1 in their last 10. And they're holding on to that third spot in the Metro for the playoff race. But the Detroit Red Wings are in that first wild card spot um, in the East. And so I think this would be a huge win for Detroit if they can pull it off. Yeah, absolutely huge. And look, Detroit right now is tied in points with Tampa Bay (coughs) and one point behind Toronto. The standings are so close. Both Carolina and Detroit could be battling for a wild card, depending on how the standings break. So, yeah, this is a big game. And, you know, this is one of those games where both teams also want to try to win in regulation. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's funny just watching uh, certain games that all you all you care about is that it ends in regulation so it doesn't turn into a three-point game. Yeah, I don't like that. I really don't like that feature of the NHL rule book. Right. Uh, uh, it's uh, always, always a thorn in many people's side. Um, turning our attention to Saturday where there's another, you know, huge slate of games to look at. And um, I, I know it may seem like self-serving, but I think the big game of the day, honestly, is the Colorado Avalanche at the Philadelphia Flyers in an afternoon game. Um, you know, Colorado did lose their most recent game, but uh, again, seven and three in their last 10. They're one of the top contenders in the Western Conference right now. Philadelphia Flyers have won five games in a row, uh, many of them against top teams in the Central Division. And so this is just a, another, uh, for lack of a better word, mountain to climb uh, for the Flyers. And they just like, bulldozed the Dallas Stars, um, including an incredible highlight real goal from Owen Tippett. So I am like really looking forward to this game. It should be fun. It should be a great game. And, you know, the Avalanche, they don't have it easy necessarily either right now. Uh, They're battling Winnipeg for first place. Dallas isn't far behind. Both teams need the points. And I I gotta say, I am uh, very impressed with the way that the Philadelphia Flyers have just done so well this year. They're two points out of first place. Yeah, there's some games in hand situations here happening, but uh, nonetheless, uh, doing remarkably well compared to preseason expectations. I believe most people had them finishing in last in the division. So, you know, just think about it. Think about what you've done, prognosticators. (laughs) Anyway, um, 
looking at the rest of the games, you know, Dallas, who just lost to the Flyers, continues their road trip in New Jersey. And like New Jersey is finding ways to lose recently, I think. And so I, this would be a good recovery game for Dallas. But New Jersey could also use the win. Yeah, they really could. I mean, right now they're they're in seventh place in the Metro, but they have some games in hand on some of the teams ahead of them. This is a team that's underachieved. I mean, if you would have told me halfway through the schedule that the Devils would have a goal differential of minus three and a losing record at home, uh, I don't think I would have believed that. And uh, they've got to sort of find their groove in the second half of the season because the talent is definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. And then the two um, Canadian matchups look to be both very exciting. Um, the Leafs at the Canucks, that is going to be a grudge match kind of battle. Um, very much looking forward to that. And then the Oilers are going to try and uh, extend their winning streak against their Alberta rivals, the uh, Calgary Flames. Always love the Battle of Alberta, one of the great rivalries in the sport. And yeah, you know, you, you add the fl- uh, the Oilers winning streak to this and it makes it even more exciting. But, you know, if these guys were both 0 and 75, it would still be a great matchup. The, these two yep. teams, there's fireworks when they get together. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, the late game, the Rangers at Kings is interesting just because the Kings have kind of imploded recently. And so, you know, can they get back on the horse? Um, and, you know, the Rangers lost their most recent game. So I, I think that should be a fun one as well. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are kind of up and down lately. And the Kings just one win in their last 10, although they do have four loser points. The Kings need to get back on track quickly. Uh, Edmonton now ahead of them in the standings. And then from the Rangers perspective, you know, they're just clinging to first place. Some Philadelphia team is right on their tail. So uh, they need the points too. And this is a a good East-West matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've also got six games on Sunday. And I think the Tampa Bay Lightning at Detroit is probably the most interesting of them. Yeah, two teams, division rivals, battling for playoff position. Both teams need the game. And again, you just if you're a fan of any of the other teams in the playoff race, you want to make sure this game doesn't go to overtime or a shootout. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that will do it for today's show. Of course, Gil will be back on Monday talking to hosts from around the network on what's going on with their teams and uh, have a great weekend, everybody.